Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, back for hour number two on a Friday, and pleased to be joined now by the senior producer from NFL Films and co-host of ESPN's NFL Matchup Show. For one final time for the 2022 season, it's Greg Cosell. Greg, it's good talking to you again. Super Bowl week. I know you're busy out there in Arizona and uh, down Radio Row. It's the third Super Bowl out of four for the Chiefs. It's the second one in six years for the Philadelphia Eagles, two franchises that seem to be on the uptick. What do you think? I mean, obviously, Pat Mahomes winning the MVP last night is a huge deal, and he's a big key reason. What do you see about these two teams and their rosters that gave them a chance to get back to the big game? You know, I think most people, and it's probably very fair, Steve, to say that the Eagles may have the best roster in the NFL. But you and I both know that doesn't automatically mean you win a Super Bowl. And and most people, and I think it's also fair, would say that the Eagles in the trenches on both sides of the ball have the better personnel and the better units. I guess what I struggle with is uh, I just don't know if that's going to be the deciding factor. It will be on specific plays, no question. You know, there will be plays where the Eagles O-line dominates. There will be plays in which their pass rush is a factor. Because I think when you get into third and long, for instance, that the Eagles' edge pass rushers, Reddick and Josh Sweat, clearly have a matchup advantage against the right tackle, Andrew Wiley, and the left tackle, Orlando Brown. But, you know, you played a long time, and you know that sometimes the way people just talk on paper about matchups, the game doesn't necessarily play out that way. I mean, you live that, you know, unfortunately. Um, you know, and, and the Patrick Mahomes factor is, is such a big factor because he, he is so good making plays outside the structure of the offense um, that it's just hard. I mean, I remember talking to a coach um, maybe a year or so ago saying when you play Patrick Mahomes, you really have two defenses. You have a defense for the first two or 2.2 seconds, which is the structure of your defense. And then you've got your defense after that. And that's where it gets really hard. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that on that side of the ball, it's really hard to gauge Mahomes. He'll be better than he was two weeks ago with his ankle. Maybe it won't be 100 percent, 
but he'll certainly be better than he was two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game. So, you've, And I've said it a million times, Greg, you may have a great team like the Philadelphia Eagles do. You may have a really good quarterback like the Chiefs do, but you got to play well on that day that it's an yeah. elimination game. And, and the Bills have found that out in the last three or four years. you got to play well on the day uh, that that game takes place. Now, Mahomes gives them an edge, no question about it. How do you quantify the difference a guy like Mahomes can make for a team? You, I mean, the Chief, you're, you're right. The Eagles walk in there with a loaded roster, playing at a high level, but Mahomes still has that innate ability and enough help around him to get out of problems, throwing across the body, no-look pass kind of thing. Sure. How do you quantify that, particularly as a defense, looking at that Chiefs offense with Andy Reid pulling the trigger? You know, I don't know if you can quantify it. I mean, think back to the Super Bowl they won when they beat the 49ers, when, in fact, Mahomes did not play great football for probably two and a half, three quarters, and the 49ers were winning, and the 49ers' defense under Robert Sala at the time played exceptionally well. Mahomes threw two picks. You know, he didn't look like the Mahomes of the season. And then all of a sudden, he makes one of those plays. You know, it's really hard to quantify as long as the game is close. Um, you know, so that that's really difficult. And and the other factor, we know everything runs through Mahomes, but then you have the Kelsey factor as well. And, you know, Jonathan Gannon is a young D coordinator. Um, he's obviously done a very good job. The Eagles defense has been very good this year. They have a lot of good players. But you, to me, and I'm not as smart as Jonathan Gannon, but I think you would agree, Steve, you have to have a plan for Kelsey. You can't just line up and play your normal defense. Now, I can't speak to what that plan is. We can all sort of speculate, oh, you know, if they play man, will they double them? In zone, will they bracket and, and do those kinds of things, whether it's, you know, east, west, north, south, how will they go about bracketing? But you have to have a plan. You can't just play your normal defense and say, okay, you know, if they throw it to Kelsey, that's okay. So, you know, I don't know what that'll be, but that will be a factor in the game. And the other factor, which we just discussed, is when Mahomes moves, they, he and Kelsey seem to have a mind meld. I mean, Kelsey is unbelievable at finding open space when Mahomes moves. And that's just, that's really difficult to defend. Yeah, we saw this team with the Chiefs last year with Tyreek Hill and the run they've been on with him as, as one of their receivers. They lose him. They cut costs at wide receivers, still have Kelsey, but their offense, uh, it's different, and some would call it more efficient rather than more yeah. explosive. Give us a rundown of your take on that philosophy. Well, I think it started even with Hill last year because, as you may recall, Mahomes had about a three- or four-game stretch earlier in the season last year where he sort of the – the undisciplined and reckless nature that he can sometimes play with, which more often than not turns out to be positive, but at times it could be negative. And that happened last year early in the season. And I think they channeled him a little bit. And I also think that Mahomes, because he's so smart and so intuitive, he understood that, hey, let's get back and play with a little more rhythm. Let me get rid of the football. Let me take the throws that are there. There's nothing wrong with a seven-yard completion on first and ten to get to second and three, and I think that he has become so much uh, more refined in the manner in which he plays, and that's he's just such an intuitively smart player that I think he gets that. And then he can save those, those special out-of-structure improvisational plays for when it's truly needed. Um, but I think that that change has been made. That's the way they played this year. Uh, they have staple concepts that they run every single week that they get to in multiple ways. And it's the perfect Andy Reid quarterback because Andy 
And he essentially runs the same stuff, Steve, that he ran with the Eagles. You know, it's the same offense. He just has the best quarterback he's ever had because when the defense does take away those concepts, Mahomes can make something happen. You know, McNabb could do that, Donovan McNabb, at times, obviously, but certainly no one does it like Mahomes, whose spatial awareness and field vision may be the best that I can recall seeing. Hey, Greg, good to see you. So let me ask, yeah, let me ask you this. Do you, I mean, we have two very well-balanced rosters overall. Some would argue that the Eagles have more top-to-bottom talent, which I think is probably true. But is there an offense that you can see more effectively dictating play in this game? In other words, taking control of the game and dictating the play offensively. I would say the Eagles uh, tactically, yes. Because I think with the Mahomes, uh, excuse me, the Hurts factor in the run game, uh, it's really problematic for defenses from a tactical perspective. We saw that in the NFC Championship game with two outstanding linebackers and one who's the best linebacker in football and Greenlaw, who's very, very good. You could see the conflict they were put into by all the potential plays that could come out of those shotgun offset back looks. Uh, And I think so the Eagles, from a tactical perspective, I think present more of a problem. You know, we just spoke about Steve and I, the Mahomes factor. That's different. Mahomes is obviously special and great, but it's a different kind of thing than what the Eagles present from a tactical perspective. So you've got this this club that, where Philly could kind of take over the game, particularly up front, like you said, and, and kind of dictate terms of how the other team has to play. Uh, yep. One of the things that has been surprising about the Chiefs this year is the amount of snaps they've gotten from rookies. Over 4,000 snaps yeah. from a bunch of rookies. Could you – and I know you go through the film and you watch these guys play. Where have those rookies really saved the Chiefs, if, if at all? I think you have to look at the secondary, Steve, because they play dimes, six defensive backs – about 26, 27% of their defensive snaps, which I think is the second or third highest percentage in the NFL. And when they play dime, three rookies play. And, you know, I'm not sure Steve Spagnolo and those defensive coaches have gotten enough credit for that. I mean, you know how hard it is in this league, a quote-unquote passing league, to play with three rookies in your secondary. And they've done an unbelievable job of, I don't want to say camouflaging, because the guys have turned out to be good players, but you know, normally you would not think of a team getting to a Super Bowl with a back end that plays three rookies on 26, 27 percent of their snaps. Let's take that a step further, Greg, because A.J. Brown to this point in the playoffs has not yep. done a whole lot. Now, he hasn't had to because, you know, some of these playoff games have been pretty lopsided for the Eagles. So they really haven't had to turn to him all that often. Let's say hypothetically the Chiefs get up on the scoreboard early and now the Eagles can't run the football maybe as much as they wanted to because they got to keep pace with the Chiefs' scoring potential. Is eight, I mean, we know A.J. Brown is capable, but have you seen these opposing defenses of the Eagles in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs do anything in particular to take him away? No. Um, and I think that's probably a function that Devontae Smith is pretty good too. But, you know, what you just said, a lot of thoughts just went through my head, but I want to throw – one stat out to you that I found absolutely remarkable. And Mike Tannenbaum was the one who gave it to me, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But check out this stat. This season, the entire season, 
in the second half of games, do you know how many passes Jalen Hurts has thrown with the Eagles losing in second half of games? 22. Oh, Think about that. The a- Eagles are never behind in the second half. So, you know, the goal, and maybe Hurts will be great at it, but the goal clearly is to make the Eagles a drop-back passing team in the second half and to see if they can then execute. Uh, because the Eagles are, this would be viewed as analytics, you know, and, and I don't view it that way, but I guess it would be viewed that way. The Eagles are believers in the the approach that you come out throwing because they have a much higher percentage of passing in the first half of games. They come out throwing, they get the lead, and they run to win, and then they can get their pass rush going as well because the other team is behind. So that's really how they want to play. They've not been in games where they've been behind by any meaningful amount in second halves. You know, 22 pass attempts when you're behind in the second half for the whole season, to me, when I heard that, was a mind-boggling number. If they do get to that point where if the Chiefs can hang in there, maybe even have the lead deep into the third quarter, even if it's a close game, does Spagnolo have to blitz or want to blitz Philly to get home? I mean, he's got, you know, just um, what do you think? I guess I, I would say that that would be part of what he does. I spoke to a quarterback coach um last week who played the chiefs and he said in a very complimentary way that boy spags is such a pain in the you know what because he's very hard to play against because he's willing steve to pretty much do anything you know he's not one of those guys that you say oh he plays cover two that's what you know you're going to get and he's going to play it now he will play cover two but it's not as if that's the foundation and that's what he plays he will blitz he will play single high He'll, he'll go zero at times if he thinks that that's effective depending on down in distance and field location. So he gives you a lot to look at. You know, the three of us don't know what the percentages and degrees will be because we don't know how the game's going to play out. But Spags, this is not his first rodeo. I mean, I'm sure you remember back in 2007 when they beat the Patriots, and that year was the Patriots was, you know, the undefeated season, the whole deal, and the Patriots were scoring, you know, 30-plus points. And that game, I believe, was 17-14. He held Brady and the Patriots to two touchdowns. You know, so... He's he's going to have a plan. We just don't know what it is. And he's I think he's very open to doing different things depending on the, how the game goes. Greg, we've seen a lot of 12 and 13 personnel from the Chiefs yes. in the playoffs. And perhaps it's a byproduct of some of the injuries they've had at the receiver position. Do you think that is a wise formula against this Eagles defense or might it might they be better served to spread them out? Well, it's funny, Brownie. They've done that all year. They've actually played out of 12 and 13 personnel, multiple tight end sets, almost 40% of their offensive snaps all season. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's one of the most intriguing unit personnel matchups in this Super Bowl because I'm so curious to see how the Eagles match up. Do the Eagles match up in their base with four DBs and play a 5-2 front? Or do the Eagles take the approach that, Kelsey is essentially a wide receiver because he's really not an attached line of scrimmage tight end. They even have Jody Fortson, who's back, who is not a volume target, but he was a wide receiver in college. So now you're dealing with with multiple formation looks from the Chiefs out of 12 and 13 personnel. I think they could do just what you said, 
but I, I don't know if you meant it that way, where I think they could go 12 and 13 and spread them out in 12 and 13 oh, because wow. of the players and then see how the Eagles respond to that, both from a personnel standpoint and then a coverage standpoint. Yeah, because taking that a step further, we saw the Bengals trying to neutralize Kelsey in a number of ways, taking yeah. him out of the middle of the field, and then the Eagle, the the Chiefs would line him up outside the numbers, and the yes. attention he drew would leave the middle of the field open for the Chiefs to exploit. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting cat and mouse game here. No, and I, I, that's why I'm so glad you brought that up because to me, that is one of the most intriguing elements of this game because the Chiefs have been a multiple tight end offense this season. Um, and it's not just in recent weeks. It's been all season. And they can do so much with Kelsey. He can line up anywhere. I mean, he's really just a receiver. You don't have to put two letters after his name. He's a receiver. Uh, and like I said, they have Fortune. Even Noah Gray. Noah Gray is not a bad athlete. You know, he's started to catch some intermediate balls as well. So I'm really, really curious. Obviously, the Eagles know this and will have a plan. I'm very curious to see what their plan is. Well, when you talk about it like that, so the Eagles have gotten a lot of credit. I mean, they had 70 sacks this year. I mean, it's an enormous number. Uh, I mean, yeah. they've got a pass rush and they, a dominant line of scrimmage on defense. Give us an idea of how their secondary matches up. If their offensive line of the Chiefs can protect it and can block it up, how does their secondary match up? Well, and that raises one other point, though, because Andy Reid likes to get five out. He's not from the school of let's keep blockers in. So I think he's going to start the game getting five out and see how his tackles hold up. Um, obviously, if he starts to have to keep people in, whether it's as primary pass protectors or even chipping, then you get into the numbers game, Steve. Then you can have seven def defenders, you know, seven uh, pass coverage players for three or four receivers, and you feel really good about that. I mean, right. you, you win the numbers game for, for the most part. So – I'm really curious to see that. I think I think the Eagles have a good secondary. The matchup will be what is the degree of man coverage that they play? What is the degree of zone coverage they play? If they play man, I think the matchup on Kelsey will be C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's been a slot corner in his career. That's what he was with the Saints. Now, I'm not saying that that means he shuts down Kelsey, but I think he's the only real matchup. Uh, you know, unless, unless, you know, again, with two weeks, you know how things go. And unless they decide, because Gardner Johnson has corner skills, that they want to put Darius Slay on Kelsey. You know, th that would not, if, if I saw that, I would not be totally surprised by it. Right. Tell us, if you could, a little bit more, Greg, because we don't get a lot of Eagles games here, being an AFC town. Yep. Um, with their 50 front, it just seems like they're so effective in getting one-on-ones across the board. And you just uh, said yeah. you just said how Andy doesn't like to leave guys in. I think that's putting an awful lot of pressure on their front five, even as good as they are. I mean, to me, man for man, I, I'm liking the Eagles in that. If you're going to go five versus five. And that's what the Eagles really want to do. That's one of the reasons they do it. It has to do with protection because that's pretty much the way teams pass protect versus those 50 fronts. And I think, as I mentioned, that the Eagles have a clear advantage on the edges because I think Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown are not great in pass protection. And with Sweat against Brown and Reddick against Wiley, I think that's where the Eagles have a huge advantage. But then I think Brownie comes down to, you know, down in distance, field location. Uh, you know, if it's first and 10 and the Chiefs want to go RPO quick game, then it's not a factor. If you get into third and nine, 
you know, which there will be third and longs in the game, that's where it becomes a significant factor. So going back to 12 and 13 personnel again, yeah, we could see 13 personnel with two attached tight ends, Kelsey somewhere out there in the formation, and maybe it's just a quick chip and release type deal with the two Correct. tight ends to provide an outlet, right. provide a little protection, but then be an outlet. Yeah. And, and don't forget, you can also slow down pass rush a little bit formationally, just like you said. You know, let's say you do line up in 12 personnel or 13 and you have a tight end attached to the side of Reddick. That does slow him down for a beat because there's another player there that he's got to deal with. So you can you can slow down pass rush in multiple ways. And that's why and every team believes this. I'm not saying anything profound to this game, but that's why staying out of third and longs is so important. Now, it becomes increasingly important against a team like the Eagles because they can totally dominate with their pass rush. We've seen, we've talked about how they, you know, the Chiefs, you can all see it. We can all see it in our mind's eye of them spreading from sideline to sideline and Mahomes in shotgun empty or even with a tight end in a wingback position yep. kind of thing. How much of this, how much will it come to that you anticipate maybe cluster formations off the, off the hip of the tackle so somebody can get a piece of that guy or they start there and shift? I mean, because the Chiefs use all kinds right. of pre-snap stuff. How does that pre-snap, pre-snap philosophy you know, affect the defense. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Well, and it also affects coverage because if you're talking about, let's say, tight bunches, well, it affects the front as well because it slows down pass rush, but it also forces corners to play with width and depth. It's very hard to press, Steve, as you know, against those tight bunch formations. It can be done, but, you know, the Eagles are not a pure man team, so it's not like that's their MO all the time. So it also helps with free access for your for your receivers, whoever they may be. So I think you'll see some of that as well. I think you'll see a good mix of spread. You'll see a good mix of tight formations. I mean, I think the Chiefs will do a lot of things. You know, look, Andy Reid's been doing this a long time. He's basically reached the pantheon of coaches. You know, he's seen a lot. Now, he likes to play a certain way, um, but I think you'll see a lot of different things from a formation and personnel standpoint. How susceptible has this Eagles front been, as aggressive as they are, to the screen game? 
Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, Andy is as good as there is with screens and he gets to them in so many different ways. Um, it would not surprise me to see that early in the game, Brownie, because you just want to give those pass rushers something else to think about. You know, whether the, the screens are effective or not, that remains to be seen. But you just, you know, you don't want to get in a situation where Reddick and Sweat can feel like they can just go. You know, you want to make them think the game a little bit. You want to give them things they have to react to. You know, one thing we've seen from Andy this year with screens is it's been really good with McKinnon where he kind of works through kind of across the formation, you know, a little different way to get to it. You know, Andy's really good at showing those little extra things that just slow down and, and put something else in the mind of a defensive line. And I think you'll see that early in the game for sure. And and you've talked about what Philly wants to do and dictate play, and they, they're very rarely – in the trailing position. They're really trailing in the second yep. half of these games. What do you expect early on in this game when you say, like, let's show them a screen pass early. Let's let's see if what how they're going to affect the 12 and 13 personnel that Kansas City uses. Early in this game, what can we expect kind of the trajectory to be? Say, for instance, Kansas City gets the ball first coming out. You're going to see a lot of this, right? I mean, this is going to be a 12 and 13 kind of thing, and you're going to like a lot of experimentation, correct? I would think, you know, because I know Andy Reid's background, you know, with Holmgren and, you know, and, and really all that stems from Bill Walsh. I think on the, you know, depending on how the, the series goes, obviously when it gets to be third and one, you step away from a, from a, a play call sequence because it's a specific situation. But I would bet that if it's all normal kind of down and distant stuff, you could see, you know, 12 different formations on, on the first 12 plays, right. you know, just to see how – what they're going to do from a personnel standpoint and what they're going to do in terms of how they react, you know, and cause that's, I remember, you know, Mike Holmgren used to do that stuff all the time, Steve, as you may recall, I mean, the first 15 plays, you'd have 15 different formations. Right. Last one I've got for you, Greg, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but to me, I think the Eagles have the better team on the field, but I yep. think that between the ears is where the Chiefs might have the edge, not only with Andy Reid, but with their quarterback in Mahomes. And this isn't a knock on Hurts. I just think that Mahomes' experience and his ability to manipulate defenses is yes. maybe his greatest skill that he has over Hurts. What kind of difference, though, does that give the Chiefs in terms of an edge on the field, in your opinion? Yeah, and I, I mean, that's the Mahomes factor because of his his ability to do those, those kinds of special things, which just break down what you're doing defensively. You could have the best defensive plan you've ever come up with, and the Mahomes factor can still beat you. Um, it's always hard, I think, for any of us. I mean, Steve played in Super Bowls. He's proud of you and I didn't. It's always hard to know <laughs> what the experience factor means. You know, I mean, obviously – uh, a number of the Eagles have not played in Super Bowl. Some have, obviously, because it's only been, what, uh, five years. Yeah. So, but, you know, certainly Jalen Hurts hasn't. Uh, you, you could argue he did play in big games in college, but this is different. So it's always hard to know, you know, when you get into those moments. You know, like, for instance, let's say for whatever reason, the Eagles with their tactical approach, it's not working. The Chiefs are doing a great job. And Jalen does have to drop back and make throws. You know, I, I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say, well, he can't do that. But he hasn't had to do that a lot during the season much at all, as we said. Right. So then, you you know, we know Mahomes is going to be okay. You know, right. We don't, we, we don't know for sure how the Eagles and Jalen hurts would react. If all of a sudden it's 24, 14 late in the third quarter and they're losing. 
Yeah, last one for me, Greg, and it really speaks to it. it Mahomes' game and his style of play is built for big moments like this when things go wrong yeah. and you're playing against a good team that's going to make plays against you. Jalen Hurts seems, at least at this point of his career, now we may find out more about him because, and let's face it, like you said, we just haven't seen him do a lot of that. We've seen Mahomes do a lot of it, which gives us more confidence that he'll do it. But Jalen Hurts seems to be a young quarterback who is taking advantage of a great roster around him, being well-coached, no question about it. But I think for most people, you talk yourself into the fact that Mahomes, we've seen Mahomes wriggle out of much tighter spots than we may see him in this weekend. Yeah. We don't know as much about Jalen Hurts and his ability. But on the surface, I don't know that Hurts is a bit – his game and his style is built for big moments the way we've seen Mahomes game well, built. I will say this. Hertz does have second reaction ability. He can make plays with his legs. So he's capable of that as well. Um, and I think that could be a key. We'll see if that becomes a key element in the game, but he's certainly capable of that. Uh, and, and that may be a factor in the game. Um, but it's like I said, it's so hard to know about the experience factor. And when the game gets, you know, tight and, you know, one thing we've seen from Mahomes throughout his whole career is he has tremendous poise and composure. He never seems to be affected by anything that's going on. Right. Greg, thanks as always. Uh, we appreciate it all season long. We'll catch up with you at the combine, my friend. Yeah, looking forward to it. That's not that far away, guys. Yeah, it creeps up pretty fast, doesn't it? It feels like it's next week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not too far off. The days are long and the years are short. Yeah. Thanks, right. Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. That's senior producer from NFL Films, Greg Cosell, joining us here as he does every Friday. The season will be coming to an end, so we won't see him for a couple of weeks. But as we said, we will definitely catch up with him when we are live, coming to you from Indianapolis at the NFL Combine at the start of next month. We take a break here. More coming your way next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. It was a good conversation with Greg Cosell about the upcoming Super Bowl. But we're back to the fun here in this final half hour. Who is the most annoying person at a Super Bowl party? We've had some good calls so far. We'll take some more now, 803-0550. 1-888-550-2550 if you're out of the 716 area code. But in the meantime, we go to the tweet sheet brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. Leading us off there is Carly, who says the most annoying person at a Super Bowl party is the guy that tucks in his jersey and double dips. <laughs> double tucks dip. in his jersey. Who that does that? It's awesome. Who does that? I don't know, man. That's too bad. <laughs> Have you? I don't know if I've ever seen that. Have you seen that? Uh, that you don't do that these days, no. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone tuck in. The their... players tuck their jerseys in. Nobody well, else should. Well, yeah, they have to. Nobody else should tuck their jersey in. Yeah, I'm saying like <laughs> a fan. I've never seen a fan with their jersey. Have you seen that? I've never seen a fan with a jersey on, and I've also been able to see their belt at the same time. I can't yeah, think of a time I've witnessed that. Yeah, I've... Yeah, <laughs> I could see why it would be annoying, well, but yeah. more annoying than that is the double dipper. Yeah, that's a little bit. The the no no at any party, let alone a Super Bowl party, is the double dipper and the finger licker. Because I'm telling you right now, you're licking your fingers and then you go back into the chip bowl. Get out of here. Yeah, that's not. Good. It's uh, we got to get you your own bowl if you're going to do that. Uh, that's and that was before COVID. Forget about you know. Yeah. Uh, 
even before COVID, you couldn't do that. But now it's like, wow. Yeah, that's and like, now that we've all been exposed to how you're supposed to act when you're not trying to spread germs. Yeah. And then to see people do that, it's like, what rock are you living on? Yeah, man? can't have yeah, it. Yeah, I can't do that. Cannot it's have true. it. True. From M. Beckwith, if it's at someone's home, the person who comes empty-handed. Come on, man. A six-pack, a bag of chips, anything other than arriving with just entitlement. Can I say? I love uh, the way that's phrased. Right. I got to. So I guess I got to have a conversation with the people in the control room now, right? Like, I got to. All right. I'm coming out. I'm going to talk to you about what, what's, what we're doing on the party. I already this know. Weekend. I already told you what I'm bringing. Yeah, you're bringing. Yeah. You, um, <laughs> you told me what your second uh, choice. Well, I, originally, I was going to bring one thing, but then I was told that's not appropriate. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, what are you going to do? I, nothing. We, You and I are powerless. So against, that's right. Against that. I just follow. That Follow the lead, and the spouses got involved. Life is a lot easier that what way. What we are told, uh, David on the tweet sheet says, the most annoying person at a Super Bowl party, <laughs> the Mahomes family. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Hey, I'm just going to say this, Steve. When you go to the camera shots, which who's got the game this year? Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Fox. When Fox cuts to the. Mahomes family box where they're watching the game. Take a look at how many people are around, like around brother Mahomes and Mrs. Mahomes. I think it's empty, isn't it? In the box, there, there aren't many people there around. Many people there, right? Not around that. Like he, not even his mom and dad. Yeah, it, I, I think there's got to be a reason for that. Yeah, maybe. I actually feel bad for Patrick. Um, he, yeah, I, hey. That was a clever response, though, from David. The Mahomes family. <laughs> that, that was good. That's a good one. <laughs> Brian on the tweet sheet says, the guy that thinks he is the offense or defensive coordinator and has to comment on every play. Close second is the person or group that wants to talk, but only at the most pivotal points oh of gosh, the game. That is right. They're the ones that missed the interception in the Super Bowl with Brady and and Russ Wilson. When yeah. Russ Wilson throws the interception at the end of the game, they're they're having a conversation. Yeah. Before oh, that. I, what happened? Why, I bet you're going to give this to you're going to give this to uh, to you know beast mode. They're going to do this and they're going to they're, they're sitting there talking while the play's being snapped. Shut yeah. up! Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good. But one. he is right about the guy that thinks he's the offensive or defensive coordinator. It's kind of like my know-it-all guy. Yeah, don't we you all, know? though? I mean, we do Oh, that why are bit, they doing that? You know, you got to know you can't spread the field against that defense. No way. What are you doing? I wouldn't uh, have called that play. That's exactly right. Love that. Game. That's a rough one. Carl says, the bandwagon fan that is always rooting for the team that's winning and has always kind of been a fan of that team or the person that double dips and licks their fingers. Disgusting. Oh, look. You got that right. They were right on board with us. That's right. The bandwagon and claim, claiming that they've always kind of been a fan of the team. Oh, yeah, I've always been a fan. Yeah, right. That, that's, that is kind of annoying. Yeah. The front runner. Even yeah. though they've got a jersey on that says otherwise. Yeah, the, they, the front runner. Everybody loves a winner, especially a front runner. Yeah. So I get it. Uh, and, yes, double-dicking and finger-licking is disgusting. John on the tweet sheet says, The person who asks, what's your favorite team? And when I reply, Buffalo, that person proceeds, because they simply don't know, Asking how many Super Bowls have they won? 
Yeah, that, I can understand why that would get annoying. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too, because you get a lot of people at a Super Bowl party that don't really watch football because there's, there's a lot of people out there who don't, apparently. And you get the, the, the people who don't know anything. Yeah. That's a, which is amazing to, to people in your and my profession and what we do and who we hang around with. And that's it, hard to imagine that there's life outside of the sport. Yeah. Sometimes and people who actually have no idea. You know, what's shocking to me, how little in general politicians know about sports. The only time they reference sports is when they're talking about like getting a bill passed well, we're at the 10-yard line, but we're not in the end zone yet. Like, that's the only time they even discuss sports. There have been some incredibly awkward moments with politicians and athletes. Do you remember that Boston mayor? In the, in the White House. In the, yeah. The it, Boston mayor couldn't name more than two Patriots players, Tom Brady and Gronk. Those are the only two guys he could name. He could not name a third player on the Patriots. <laughs> the that, mayor of Boston. It's embarrassing sometimes, right? That's shocking. That's shocking, but it's true. There's yeah. been some incredibly awkward moments like that with politicians and sports teams. I, look, I understand their, their efforts and their energies are focused elsewhere, but not even like a casual – yeah. like the NFL is everywhere. Yeah. Like how, you're, it's like, almost unavoidable. Typical what happens in movies where, you know, like it's like the movies about some, you know, some action adventure movie and the president of the United States is there. The president's always depicted as some sports fan. Like, I'm going to watch the, I've recorded the game. No, yeah. None of the Secret Service is going to tell me the name. You know, the, the, somebody of importance is always going to be a fan of something and they're, you know, it's kind of part of the ancillary story. That's not true. None of them watch any of it. Yeah. They don't even, they don't know. They have no now, clue. Now, I will say, Bill Clinton was a big college basketball fan. He was genuinely a fan of the Arkansas Razorbacks, who actually won the national title while he was in office. And Barack Obama is a big college yeah, basketball yeah, fan. Yeah. So those guys had some working knowledge of, you know, either the league or the college ranks to some degree. But the vast majority are, are out to lunch. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In the sporting conversation. It's amazing. From David on the tweet sheet, the person who pauses the game to make uninteresting points. All right, hold on a second Whoa. here. Hold on. Man, oh, man. If I'm it, just going to say right now, there is no one in a room Ooh. with me. 
who has that kind of control of the remote. There is no channel surfing. There is no game pausing on a Super Bowl party? for a Super Bowl. Dude, you ever you take the remote and you set it up somewhere out of sight, out you of mind. You hide that thing. That if you pause the Super Bowl, what is that? That is the only time. That is an absolute uninvite. The only time oh you use the remote during the Super Bowl is to turn the volume up. That is the only time. That's right. You use the remote at a Super Bowl That's party. Right. When that game is on. That is exactly The channel right. is not being changed. Oh, my gosh. It is not Can being you, paused. Who? Who does that? You David. Have, would you not? Get have, a new party. Could you only be the host and do that? I wouldn't even do that as the host. No, of course not. Who like, would do that I as would a turn guest. up the volume if somebody asked me. That's it. Who would, who would volume do, button only? Who would be at somebody else's house and pause the Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, let's. Let's go to the puppy bowl. Because here's you know? what happened. Like, what would you say? What would be? Uh, yeah, what is so pro- what, what is so profound that you have to possibly have to say? There's what? There's make, a bomb about to go to off. Make uninteresting points. There is a <laughs> bomb about to. go What else could you possibly say that would cause you to? Yeah, s- fire in the, the house. Super- fire. Yeah. Now, fi- even that is like, hey guys, we we may want to get moving here. Keep I'll leave ga- the game I, on. In case right. Can exactly. Come back in. You don't even pause the game for that. Fire. <laughs> Nothing. There's nothing. Nothing. This is unfortunate. Are you ready for this one? Don submits this one. The new mother that changes a dirty diaper in front of you. Had to stay polite, but are you kidding me? What did? How did that happen? Like on the living room floor in front of the television? Nobody needs to see that. I've had five kids of my own. i got seven grandkids. That's nothing. Yeah, yeah go to the bathroom, yeah, though. Yeah, that's fine. Or I, another room. I, yeah, that's Somewhere nothing. out of the way. I'm immune. Uh, but I get it. Yeah. I get it. Joel says the guy who has thousands of dollars on the line in bets and squares, doesn't matter if they're winning or losing, they're going to be obnoxious about it. Yeah, they got to tell everybody. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. That, that was a common one. All right, we got to take a break. We got a couple of more to get to when we come back here on a fun Friday on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. We've been having fun today just uh, asking you who is the most annoying person at a Super Bowl party. Some final thoughts on the tweet sheet. And we go to, who do we have next here? Mike, who says, the one who feels the need to educate all the non-football fans about football, who shows by the end of the first quarter that he doesn't know Jack. Yeah, that's the know-it-all guy that I mentioned. Cole says, Patriots fans who do nothing but live in the past and Chiefs fans that don't remember who their quarterback was before Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you, it's Ale- it was Alex Smith, by yeah. the way. Uh, yeah, um, that's a good one. That's a good one. From Joe, the guy who shouts at the TV every other minute. I I sh- I got to admit, I shout at the TV I will, once. In I a will while. have an outburst, but when not every enormous, other minute. When there's an enormous mistake, I'll always I'll be ah, oh, what are you doing? Right, exactly. But then you know, I. Yeah. Takes a while for me to be. Uh, I've got an example. The doom and gloom guy. So uh, this actually happened at a Super Bowl party I was at. It's the Super Bowl between the Colts and the Saints. Um, 2009. Saints win. Sean Payton calls the onsides kick in the start of third quarter, and they get it. The guy stands up. He goes, "Ah, that's it for the Colts. Game's over. I'm like, what? Like, we still got two quarters of football. Right. They have Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne. Like, right. It's over? Yeah. I was like, get the heck out. No, he was right. <laughs> well, yeah, and In it was end, a big moment. I was like, there's two. We got a whole half of football here. You're just, you're, it's a wash. It's done. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then the only other one I would throw out there 
the halftime sing-along person. The person is there for the halftime show. Right. It would be like, oh, I love Rihanna. This is my favorite song. Well, that's great. But how about we let her sing it? You know, right. how about we trust the proven Grammy performer and not you oh. in my living room? It's not going to be long for the Super Bowl Sunday is a national holiday anyway. So let's enjoy it for the weekend. This is uh, uh, take it all in, Bills fans. It's uh, bittersweet. Yeah. Thanks for all your contributions today. That was a fun show. We'll catch you on Monday. As always, we will see you at 1 p.m. Enjoy the Super Bowl. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 